Thank you. Let's turn to the Word of God. God's love for Israel. This has now turned into a six-part series. Amen? All right. Uh, you know, I, I got to admit, I'm, I will hopefully bring something new next week. We're going to try to try to close at least the six-part series, okay? How about that? <laughs> Bill? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's turn to the Word of God. Uh, Romans chapter 9. We'll be reading from Romans chapter 9. And our message, again, comes from Romans chapter 9. We'll be reading, begin reading at uh, verse 30. Romans chapter 9, verse 30. And we'll read 30 through 33. Please rise for the reading of the Word of God. Romans chapter 9, verse 30 through 33. Please read along with me as I read aloud. Romans chapter 9, verse 30. What then shall we say? That the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith? But Israel, who pursued a law of righteousness, has not attained it? Why not? Because they pursued it not by faith, but as if it were by works, they stumble over the stumbling stone, as it is written. See, I lay in Zion a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Amen. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. Amen. Please be seated. Let us ask God for the illumination of our text before we begin. With hands bowed and eyes closed, our Lord and God, give us your spirit. Increase our capacity to listen and learn from your word. Increase our love for the gospel message. Bless our listeners. We ask and pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Let me begin by introducing the message. And um, I'm going to start off, first of all, with a little bit of background information. What was the title of our last message? Anybody know? It should be real easy. God's Love for Israel, Part 5. All right? Because I already let you know this is Part 6, so it's Part 5. That was a tough one, right? Now, what was the topic of this message? The topic of that message, I should say, what was the topic of that message? The topic of that message was Israel, God's plan for their salvation. What was my thesis from the text? If you remember last week, I proposed that in Romans chapter 9, verses 14 through 29, Paul describes God's significant actions in the history of Israel. Because Paul wants to know about God's salvific plan, naturally, right, in the history of Israel. Or God's salvific plan for Israel, I should say. 
Now, we looked at the following three points. In point number one, God plans to save Israel. God has been judging Israel. So, because God had planned to save Israel, he has, he has been judging them. Now, point number two, because God plans to save Israel, God has been saving Israel. And then we saw in point number three, because God plans to save Israel, God has also been saving Christians. Okay? And that sort of matter. That's what we talked about. Without going into detail, those are the things, some of the things that we touched on last week. Amen? Now, that I have covered last week's material, and I'm moving quite quickly right now, um, because we are, we are, for some reason we are running out of time. But anyways, um, let's cover today's material. Now, what is the, again, today's title, the title of this message is God's Love for Israel, Part 6. Now, what is the topic of this message? This, of course, it's going to change. The topic, I don't know if you notice in each series, each or each um, sermon, message, the topic always changes. I always try to change the topic somewhat. Tweak it a little bit here and tweak it a little bit there. That's what I've been doing, actually. So, but anyways, it's important to know that today's message is God's judgment of Israel. We're going to, we're going to focus a little bit more on his judgment. Now, I propose that in Romans chapter 9, verses 30 through 33, Paul reveals God's judgment of Israel. And of course, what's the question that I always try to answer is why? Well, because Paul wants the church to know that God has judged Israel. So naturally, that's all the same, okay? But just this is why he does it, or he, why he has did it, I should say. He has revealed God's judgment of Israel because he wants the church to know. We are the church. Well, let's not forget that. We are the church. We're coming together right now, and we are assembling before God as the church. That is the body of Christ. Amen? So... This Bible, mostly especially in the New Testament, is written to the church. It's church members, and we are the church members, the members of of the body of Christ. He is the head, and we are its members. So Paul is writing to us, and back then it would have been primarily converted, newly converted Jews. Newly converted Jews. Those who have come out of the Judaic... Uh, religion. Are you with me now? Now, so, what is, who's, the, who's the author of this message, children? Paul. Paul, right, apostle. Now, that's his office. He's an apostle. Now, the theme of this letter, and I've got to state it again, is that Paul states that the gospel reveals how God puts people right. Did you understand that? Did you hear that? How God puts people right with himself. It is through faith from beginning to end. Meaning that we, Paul is revealing God's will. He has, he's, he's revealing God's will to us. And we receive it by faith. It's so trusting that what Paul, what Paul is saying, what he's saying about God, it's true. We have to we just it's just trusting because a lot of this we can't we can't really prove. Not just by I mean you can't prove it's not science it's not like scientific um, experiment you know 
that like children that I'm sure you're probably familiar with in school. There's certain things, there's certain things that you can prove by experiment. Well, this you really can't prove by experiment, but you can, you can, um, how can I say it, test it. And that is by, first of all, in your life. Test it in your life. You know, that's why I would say, you know what, listen, don't take my word for it. Read it for yourself. So the first thing you can do, and this is why we send you to school. I know a lot of you think we send you to school because we want to get you out of the house. That could probably be true. Um, but mostly we send you to school so you can learn how to read, learn how to think, learn how to, what I always try to tell you is what? Apply the knowledge. You know, applying the knowledge is sort of like driving a car. If I gave you keys to a new vehicle, brand new vehicle, and I said, here, here's the keys. That vehicle is yours. The, new, the vehicle that is brand new is yours. You took those keys, but you never drove the vehicle. What does that say? First of all, it says that you're not wise, right? And it says that, you know what? You really don't believe that that brand new car is yours. And not only that, right, you're just wasting a brand new vehicle, an opportunity to feel the ride of a brand new vehicle. I'm going to tell you right now, it's nothing like it, right? It's great. It's always great to have a brand new vehicle, one that's reliable, one that you can, you can get in. And for, for you young men, all the, all the girls can go ooh and ah and all that and check you out, okay? It's great. It's great, okay? It's a great feeling. Now, but the same way with, with the Word of God. You, know, you, you, you have to live it for yourself, people. You know, as your messenger, I can, I can tell you what it's all about. I can tell you what I've experienced, but you will ultimately have to try it out for yourself. As a matter of fact, on the Day of Judgment, you will stand by yourself. And you will have to give a testimony of what you have done with what we have given you according to God's Word. Did you know that? This is true. This is very true. The, the Bible is very clear. You know, that's one of the sort of, I guess, the dangers of coming up under the preaching, the true preaching of God's word. It convicts. It convicts. It's sort of like being in, in, the, court of, in the court of law. You know, you come and you hear. You hear the truth. You hear the truth about yourself. You hear the truth that you're a sinner falling from grace. Falling from, from the plan of God. And um, you have choices. You have, you have choices on what to do and, and, and what to believe and things like that. And you're sitting there and you're, and, and you're sensing that, you know what, this is true. And even in your life, you, you, from time to time, you, you, you'll be out and about. And all of a sudden you will feel something in your heart that's telling you, you know what, man, that man, I think he was right. Who's that man? That's me. Right? That preacher man was right. But you know what? I'm just going to ignore him. I'm going about my business. I'm going to do my thing as if he never told me. Because, you know what? When it comes time for the day of judgment, I'm going to look the man straight in the eye. That is God. And I'm going to say, you know what? I did the best that I could. I did the best that I could. But I'm here to tell you, you're going to be in for a shock because the best that you can is not ever going to be able to satisfy 
satisfy the righteousness of God, which he requires. Amen? From each and every one of us. As a matter of fact, that's sort of like what we're going to be talking about today. You know, that's what we're going to be talking about. Basically, God's judgment. Because God has judged Israel, the church must understand that God has been condemning Israel. And, and point number two, we will see that because God has judged Israel, the church must understand that God has also been justifying the descendants of Israel at the same time. You know, that's kind of that's kind of strange. It's kind of kind of he's judging, right? Right. One in one sentence, I'm saying he's condemning, and then in another sentence, he's justifying. And we'll talk more about that as time goes on. And then point number three, God has judged Israel because God has judged Israel. The church must understand that we have been praising God for his righteousness. That is, his, he has been righteously giving us everything that we need. Amen. Now, um, let's begin with point number one. Because God has judged Israel, the church must understand that God has been condemning Israel, like I said. Now, Notice how I, I phrased that sentence. Because God has judged Israel. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that because you, you must understand that this is, this, is, this, this is a known fact. and should be a known fact by every one of us. That God has judged Israel. By this time, I mean, we've been talking a lot about it, right? God has judged Israel. What do I mean by that statement? Well, what I mean by that statement is, is that God has First of all, you need to understand God is not like us. Meaning that, see, when we judge a person, what do we judge them by generally? We judge them by their what? Their outward appearance. Amen? You know, we judge them by their outward appearance. Men are, are famous for this. You know, we generally, when we see our future bride, right, it's generally because we, we see something about them that attracts us. To us, they might be pretty. It might just be it's because of their, and, and they're pretty to us because they might, they have features that just naturally attracts us. That's how God has wired us as men. Okay? Women are a little bit different. Of course, you know, they want men who are attractive in a certain sense. But I've seen, and we used to, we used to as, when I was growing up, me and my friends, we used to sit around. We used to, we used to, we used to size this kind of stuff up. We wonder, you know, what do women really look for in men? That's how we used to sit around. We used to contemplate these things. And we soon discovered that there were women, in our opinion, that were just gorgeous, knocked out gorgeous. But they'd be walking around with, in our opinion, ugly looking guys. You know, it's like, what's she seeing him? <laughs> we couldn't figure it out. But, you know, that was something was, at least in, in my realm, okay, of growing up, okay, that's one of the things we noticed. That the, the, the most gorgeous women would always go for the most ugly, ugliest looking men to us. Well, we soon discovered that. Attractiveness is important to them, but it's not as important as it, to, as it is to us. What they look for is they're looking for generally a man who's, first of all, um, capable of, we soon discover, of entertaining them, okay, in a certain way, okay? Yeah. So they, in order to entertain them in a certain way, they had to have what? 
Money. <laughs> so if they had money, it didn't matter how they looked. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's one of the things we found out. Now, is that true or not? I'll leave that up to you. Okay? The point of it, no, the matter is this. Is that we judge, what? The outward appearance. We judge, you know, the kind of money they have. I mean... I don't know why I'm thinking of Jay-Z. I love your brother, but you got Beyonce. And, you know, I think about this stuff. You know, like Jay-Z, Beyonce, I don't know. Still, I don't match up. But Jay-Z got big dollars, right? We all know that, right? Major dollars. This guy owns a basketball team and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just throwing that all out to you to show you that, okay, what we do. Again, it's up to you to determine what you think about all that. Now, God, he doesn't, listen, God looks at the what? The inward person. He looks at our hearts. That's, that's, what he, that's what he does. And that's what he has been doing with Israel. He's been looking at their hearts, testing their hearts to determine what kind of person they are and how, how right they are before him. Amen? So, we need to understand that. Now, let's go back over to scripture because I don't want to get too far off. Notice what Paul says here. He says, what then shall we say? That the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith. What is this righteousness that, that, that Paul is talking about? Well, I want to tell you that the righteousness that, that Paul is talking about, about here, he's talking about the, God's standards. The, the right standards of God. He's talking about a, a righteousness as far as it's, it's, it's basically a condition. And that condition which God judges is the heart. Do you have a right heart? That's, that's the question that God will be asking. He's not, listen, he's not going to be brought by you. Our money, as far as he's concerned, is valueless. You know, as far as he's concerned, he owns it anyway. So, you know what, you can't buy off God. Let's just put it that way. We don't have enough money to buy off God in order to be right with him, in order to get right with him. Clearly, the Bible states that, according to Romans 3.23, all have what? Sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Listen, we see that right here in this passage. Paul says, you know what? Listen, these Gentiles, who are the Gentiles, first of all? The Gentiles are those who are not part of the descendants of Israel, who are not Israel and his descendants. It's that simple. They're not Jews. That would be most likely, especially back in that time, Greeks and so forth. Okay, Those people who are of that re- region who are not Jews. You know, many of us, you know, we can really say we're not, we're not Jews by birth. We can't. We can't really prove that we're descendants, direct descendants of Abraham or Israel or anything like that. Amen? Are you with me now? So, you need to understand, Paul's saying now, he's saying, listen, these people, these Gentiles who are not Jews, they are now righteous before God. How is that? How is it that they, they didn't even pursue righteousness? What is Paul saying? Paul's saying, you know what? They haven't been circumcised 
Because that was one of the requirements of being a Jew. You had to be circumcised. They haven't been attending all the temple worships and all that kind of stuff. They haven't been doing A, B, C, D, and E, F, G. They haven't been doing any of those things, which we all know that we must do as Jews in order to maintain a right relationship with God, in order to, to be seen as right before God. How is that? It's a big question, isn't it? Well, if you really thought about it, it signifies a true fact. And that is, is that these Gentiles became righteous because of God. It goes back to, to God. It's, it's, it, 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 it points us to God. It is God who makes us right with Him. We can't, we can't make ourselves right before God because, first of all, we're sinners. And we all know that according to the Scriptures too, the wages of sin is what, children? Death. death. We're only deserving of death. Meaning that, listen, we... Each day, we continue to increase our guilt before God, which, which the payoff is going to be what? Death. It's that simple. So, Paul realizes this. And not only does Paul realize this, but the people back then, they realized this too. Those who, who, were, who were listening to Paul, they were thinking about these things. He was thinking, well, you know, okay, Paul, you know. And, and Paul, remember, he was a Jew. As a matter of fact, he was part of the Pharisees. He was a, he was a, he was a serious one, devout Pharisee, meaning that he, he uh, devoted his life to the Judaic religion and to serving God and, 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 and uh, by the law, everything by the law. He did it by the law. Every, if the law said it, he did it. And so he was dependent on the law to what? To save him. But Paul is setting up something here. A very important fact is that the law can't save us. So now, so he says, but Israel, who pursued a law of righteousness, he says right there, has not attained it. Has not attained what? Has not attained righteousness. They're not right. They're not right. They've been doing everything according to the law to get right with God. But guess what? God said, no, I reject it. Sort of reminds, reminds me of the story of who? Cain and Abel. You remember? Cain and Abel, sort of same thing. Right? Cain basically wanted to set himself up and live by his own rules, though. In this case, at least they were living, trying to live by God's laws. But we all know that according to our, our past studies, the law, acts, the law is really was given to, to do what? To teach us that we're sinners before God. That's really what the law was given for. It was given to teach us. It's like a schoolmaster. saying, hey, listen, this is, the, this is what God expects from you. Now do it. But you find out when you try to do it, you can't do it. Why? Because God wants you to understand that, you know what, that's just it. That's the fact. Is that you can't do it. Are you with me now? Now, why have the Jews not, why, why have not, why haven't Israel, the descendants of Israel, who pursue the law of righteous, righteousness, has not attained it? Well, Paul says, because they pursued it not by faith, but as if it were by works. He's saying, you know what? They, they have set themselves up for, for the fall. 
they have set themselves up for the fall. By trying to do the law and being satisfied with, a lot of us, we do this too, right? Well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. I deserve to be God's favorite because I'm not as bad as so-and-so. I'm not bad as Hitler. And I always use Hitler because, you know, normally when you think of Hitler, you think of this, this, this horrible person. You know, to a certain extent he was. The, the things he did were very horrible, and I'll never discount that. But the point is, is that, listen, I'm going to confess, there go I if it were not for the grace of God. And there go many of us if it were not for the grace of God. We could do just as bad as he did. But the, the, the point is, is that we didn't, and we didn't, is mostly because of God's grace. But we're all capable of it. That's what sin is all about. Listen, we sin because we're what? We're sinners. It's that simple. So listen, he did too. He sinned because he's a sinner. Now, so, listen, the Jews, what they were, uh, these people, the descendants of Israel, okay, that Paul was talking about, they tried to live the law, and they, they depended on the law to get them right with God. They depended on the law to get, get them right with God. But God had told them in a very... And the same, and the same message that he told them that do this and live, do this and die, he also told them that guess what? I already know you're gonna fail. But they weren't listening. They didn't, they didn't listen to that part. They didn't listen to the part when he said, you know what, you're gonna fail. You're gonna find out you can't get right with me. Without what? A savior. Without someone who could actually do it. And that is to do it perfectly according to my standards. Listen, God says, I am holy, therefore you must be holy. That, 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 that means that, guess what? You can't fail not in one. If you fell in one law, you failed in them all. Hebrew writers talk about this. Okay? You failed in them all. It's that simple. As a matter of fact, in, first, in John, he talks about it. In First John, he talks about it. He says, if you say you have not sinned, guess what? You're a liar. You've lied. As soon as you say, you know what, I have not sinned. As soon as you say, you know what, I've obeyed every single one of the laws, except for, or even not even say except for, just I, I, I know that I have according to the standards which was told me. Guess what? You lying. Because you have it. So, you know what? There you go. you back in the same boat. You sinned again. You've, you've sinned. Okay? It's that simple. Now, I'm bringing this all out. See, these are the signs that God has been what? Condemning Israel. See, a lot of times we look at these signs like this. This is a sign. See, they, they, um, they pursued it not by faith, but as a word, by work. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. Who's the stumbling stone? Jesus. Jesus Christ is that stumbling stone. I don't know if you know that or not. But Jesus Christ is that stumbling stone that, the, that, they, that, they, that he's talking about here. And it, uh, as it was written, and that was, that was a prophecy. He was sent forth Jesus. He was sent forth the Messiah, the Savior. That listen, many of the many of them already had been looking for and expecting, but some, but many of them were, were not. And so this is what I'm talking about here. Because God has judged Israel, the church must understand that God has been condemning Israel by Him condemning them. What I mean by that is He has already declared them what sinful. He has declared them unrighteous, and he has, he has rendered the punishment. He has administered the punishment. And what is the punishment? Death. 
Are you with me now? Is death. Israel, did he die? Yes, he died. And so, is all, so did all his descendants, except for who? Jesus Christ. Are you with me now? This leads us into our second point. Because God has graciously judged Israel, the church must understand that God has been justifying the descendants of Israel. Now, I don't know how that snuck in there. I'm a, I got I to gotta scratch that out. That's a, that's a typo, and I read it. God has not graciously judged Israel. That was Take that out. He has judged Israel, and he has rightly judged Israel. I want to say that. He has judged Israel according to what? His standards. And his standards are this. The law, the righteousness of the law is this. You must do every single one of them. And you must do them perfectly. That's why each Sunday we read the law of God. Because I feel that is my responsibility as a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In order to appreciate and to understand the gospel, you have to first understand the the law. And the purpose of the law. And understand that, listen, none of us here have perfectly obeyed the law of God. God gave the law to be obeyed. To me, that is a just God. A just God will give you something right to obey and what? Expect for you to obey it. If you don't obey it, what? You should be punished. You know, listen, I admit in today's climate, in today's culture, we don't want to be held accountable for what we do, really, when we think about it. I mean, look at look at the look at look at how, you know, a lot of people who for whatever reason, they get themselves in debt to a point of where they they, they they can't they can't even get themselves out of it anymore. How'd that happen? Who knows? I just make a guess. But and you two, you could probably make a guess. But then we have laws that what? Let you squirm out of it. You know, don't get me wrong. Some of us, some of them I, I would imagine probably need it, but not most of them. Matter of fact, I know some people, and I'm not going to even say any names, but I know some people who have stopped paying, making payments on their house for whatever reason, could make the payment, but have heard and found out that if you don't make the payment, you can get away for at least a couple of years and stay in that house before they kick you out. So during that time, they're saving up that money so they can get another house. Sad. I've known people who come from other states to get welfare benefits because they heard that you can get a few more dollars more in another state. So they switch to another state. You know, this kind of stuff, you know. But again, that's just a sign of our hearts. And there go I, when I put the grace of God. So I don't want to be set up here as holier, holier than thou, because I've done my dirt. But my point of bringing this all out is this. God... Give, has given his law to be obeyed. And he expects for it to be obeyed. And he has made it clear. If you don't obey it, it's death. And this is what Israel, Paul is trying to bring out here and what he's showing them 
right there. Okay? Amen? So, now, um, God has justified many of the descendants of Israel. How do we know this? Well, first of all, Paul is a clear, he's, he's, he's a witness of that. Paul himself. That's why he speaks in the way that he's speaking. He's basically saying, you know what? All the things that I've done, and he has admitted, and I forget where we're at exactly, I need to look it up, but he has admitted that, you know what? All that I've done is rubbish in the eyes of God. You know, the, the obeying of, the, of God's laws, the, the temple worship, and, and all that kind of stuff, the prayers that I thought was holy and all this, it's just rubbish before God. When it comes to being right with him. The only way you can get right with him. And this is the good news. is through Jesus Christ. Amen. It's through Jesus Christ. This is why Paul. Let's go over to scripture. And then we're, gonna, we're almost there. I know it's been kind of long drawn out. But brothers my hearts and desire. And prayer to God. For the Israelites. Is what? That they be saved. That's in the next verse. The following verse. Verse 1. Well, I can testify about them that they are zealous for God. That is, listen, they're, they're, you know, it kind of reminds me of Jehovah Witnesses. You know, they, man, they're zealous for their God, what they believe in. I mean, that's why they will knock on your door and they don't care every Saturday until they finally get a chance to talk with you. You tell them face to face, you know what, I'm just not interested. <laughs> that's how persistent they are. I mean, that's zealous. Okay, they just, listen. That's what Paul is saying. He's, you know, listen, you folks have been sacrificing bulls, sacrificing lambs. You've been doing all this. But he's saying, look what he says in the next sentence. But their zeal is not based on knowledge. It's not based on true knowledge. It's not based on true knowledge. It's not based on the facts of what God is really trying to achieve and what he really wants. He doesn't want your sacrifices. And I've heard men talk about this all the time. I love the Blah blah blah, thousand dollar, just a thousand dollar job, and I was an engineer, and this and this, and I was this and this and this, and now I'm coming over here to serve, serve up under this church, and do this and do this and this, like they're doing us a favor. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Okay, I'm just going to tell you right now, not not in the kingdom of God. Since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Listen. Everybody look at that. Look at your scripture. Listen to what it says in verse 4. And I'm going to say it one more time. I repeat it. They did not submit to God's righteousness. What is God's righteousness, Paul? Well, he tells you right there. Christ is the end of the law so that there Christ is the end of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. In the story right there. Christ is our righteousness. Listen, I hope you remember this one thing from Mr. Preacher. That is that in the day of judgment, when you stand before God, don't even try to come before God with those cute puppy eyes or kitty eyes. I was thinking about our cat because I got men sometimes she works it and she gets to me. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Go ahead. You one day, I even let her lay in my bed for a couple of seconds. I was like, oh my goodness. I couldn't resist because her eyes were just... 
please let me just stay here for a moment. I've got to warm myself. It's so cold outside. And I was like, sure, go ahead. Let me lay next to you because I'm cold too. <laughs> I caught myself. I was like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> this should not be happening. I was feeling all funny. And so I was like, oh, no. Uh-uh. Hold up. Stop. Get out. <laughs> She knew it too. She was like, I gotcha. (laughs) Listen, seriousness, out of all seriousness though, on a day of judgment, don't stand there thinking that's going to work with God, okay? I chuckle, but you know, I know there's going to be, some of you going to be like that, right? Some of you going to be like, well, you know, just like that, right? God's not going to go for it. Only thing he's going to want to hear is what? Christ. Do you believe in Christ? Do you believe what did you do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe what I said that that there's no salvation except for in who? Christ. Christ is your everything. Christ is your all in all. He is the payment. He's the only one that can make an infinite payment for the infinite sins that we that we we do here on this world and this earth. In our life, we're going to have to we're going to have to give accountability. We're going to have to give an account for what we did in this life. People, are you with me now? And this is what Paul is saying. Moses describes in this way the righteousness that is by the law. The man who does these things will what? Live by them. Verse 6. But the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down. That is to bring a Savior down. Because this is who we've been looking for. This is who we need. Or who will descend into the deep. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. He's been raised already. But who, what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and is in your heart. God looks on the heart. Remember, I was telling you that earlier. He looks on the heart, not the outward appearance. None of us is that good looking to peace God. Paul goes on. That is the word of faith which we, which we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That should be your only confession on the day of judgment. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he died for my sin. I believe that he made the payment. I believe that he obeyed your law. I believe that he did it perfectly. Not I, but him. Are you with me now? For it is with your heart, with your heart, that is with your inward person that you believe and are justified, Paul says. And it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. That's out the door. There's no difference between black and white. Red or brown. Blue or yellow. I don't know if any blue people out there, but I know that they're probably somewhere. Uh, but the Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the gospel, people. Are you with me now? How, can, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? That's, that's what I was talking about earlier. That's what I do. I'm the preacher. I'm preaching to you. You're hearing it. It's that simple. I'm not going to do a song and dance for you. I'm not going to break out a song and dance for you. Although, 
You, you might expect me to. I'm just going to tell you how it is. Verse 15. And how can they preach unless they are sent, as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now, we all know, well, some of you who know me, I don't have beautiful feet. So that's not what they're talking about here. But what they are talking, these dogs have seen some miles, you know, being an ex-Marine. But anyways, I'm getting off, getting off track. What they're talking about is, is that everywhere you go, and I'm, this is, I'm, I can testify to this. Everywhere I go and I preach the gospel, the true gospel, the full gospel, people are blessed. That's what he's talking about here. Are you with me now? So, I hope you see. Because God has judged Israel, rightly judged Israel. The church must understand that God has been doing this for a very long time. He's been justifying the descendants of Israel. And the sign is that they believe, they confess, like Paul. And matter of fact, I don't know, if you look up on the internet, they call them messianic, messianic Jews. These people who actually believe, they confess and believe in Christ. They're Jews who believe in Christ. They believe in this gospel. There are people out there as a sign, again, of God's faithfulness to his people. Third point, because God has judged Israel, the church must understand that we have been praising God for this sort of righteousness. That is, a God who, who does what he says and, 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 and completes it, has completed it. He's, listen, the work that he has begin, began in us, which began in Christ Jesus, he's, he has not yet fully completed, but he will, trust me. But again, the sign is that we confess and we believe, and we meet. that's why we're meeting here right now, to praise him. Amen? Amen. And I hope that we will continue to do this. So, let's close. Because God has judged Israel, the church must understand that God has been condemning Israel because God has judged Israel. The church not only must understand this, but they must also understand that God has been justifying all the, uh, those descendants of Israel which believe in Christ Jesus. Amen? I have to add that now. Now, because God has judged Israel... Third final point was we saw that um, that we have been praising God for this sort of righteousness, the righteousness of God. Amen. That is the righteousness that will stand forever, stand for all eternity. The righteousness that is in who? Christ Jesus has been revealed in Christ Jesus. That's why God raised him from the dead. He could not allow him to stay because he had did all that he had required. So why did he why did he die? He died for me. He died for you. He died for us. Amen. Do you believe? I'm gonna hand it out to you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna give it to you. Do you believe? You have to determine this in your own hearts. And I hope that you believe, because if you don't believe, it's clear. It's clear in Scripture. Your days. Are numbered, and not only that, you're going to have to give an account for what you did in this life. And trust me, it's not going to be happy. It's not going to be a happy day. They're not partying in hell right now. They're not partying. I like a lot. I've known people say that. Well, if I go to hell, at least I'm going to be partying there with people who just like the same people I'm partying with. No, it's not going to be like that. It's a whole different story, but I just want to bring that out to you. Please rise for doxology. And thank you for your patience. Now to him who is able to keep and strengthen you according to the divine revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
according to the mystery that was kept secret for a very long time and has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory and honor both dominion and power both now and forevermore amen please hug one another and enjoy the rest of the day God bless you